morning, church. <laughs> Can I hear a good morning back? All right. Can we greet our seatmate, please? Back, front. A very, very good morning with your biggest smile, please. Yan. Come on, let's brighten up each other's days with our um, with our big smile. Amen. <laughs> All right. I, I, I want to thank God for such a powerful and impactful worship this morning. Um, it's so great always to be reminded that in God, nothing is impossible. Amen. I was so encouraged by that. I mean, I'm sure that um, one way or another, each one of us is carrying a burden. Am I right? And it's just so comforting to know that in God, nothing is impossible. <laughs> and just the words before that, we, we sang, God is for us. How comforting is that? That in our life, we have God with us. Amen. Can we just give a clap offering to, to our God? Amen. All right, so um, we are still on our series called Unwrapping the Present. Okay? Yes, yeah, so we are cur currently on our week three. But before we proceed further, let me introduce myself. My name is Graham Reyes. <laughs> no second name, just that. <laughs> Graham Reyes. And I am one of the uh, life group leaders here in, in Every Nation Bahrain and also part of the campus ministry. And I just want to introduce you to my beautiful wife, yeah, of whom I render songs like, All my life. Without a doubt, I give you. Yeah. <laughs> Music team, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Copy? Okay, thanks, thanks. You're saying hello. <laughs> All right. So, uh, moving forward, just to introduce you. Yeah, that's my beautiful life. We are 10 days away from Christmas. Who's excited? Woo! Wow, yeah. <laughs> Two problems, huh? <laughs> Again, who's excited for Christmas? Alright, <laughs> just keeping up the hype. <laughs> yes, to all of our students here, who are, who are, who are uh, our students, wow, ah, which uh, year? So, 20th year? <laughs> oh, yes, I think uh, most of our students are already on vacation. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're excited or you're just settling into the holidays and the vacation, but I know how it feels. The relief, the comfort, the excitement, knowing that you will be at rest, right? And to some of us, we are looking forward to our leave. Yes? I don't have one. <laughs> I'm saving them up for next year. Some of us are excited for Christmas gifts, right? Some of us are excited for parties, Christmas parties, here and there. And of course, food. I remember before, my best friend and I used to plan or prepare our body before it hits December. Because you know, when, it, when December comes, your body will just be devastated by overwhelming amount of food. <laughs> Christmas party, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Christmas extended until New Year, <laughs> right? Um, but actually plan never happened uh, until today. Yeah, anyways, it is definitely a good time of the year, right? 
Um, but also, on the other hand, some of us are having hectic, a hectic season. Just like what Atinika have shared to us a while ago, she was having a hard time. And I know that not all of us are having a good season. Some of us are facing tough times. Some of us are facing great seasons, ending the year with great seasons. But, but not all of us are people from the FNB, the hospitality. I know that this is the busiest, maybe busiest season of the year. But I want us to be reminded that whatever season you may be in today, that the real essence of Christmas is one thing that never changes. So no matter what season you may be in today, you can choose to be joyful. Why? Because Jesus came. And this Christmas, what are we celebrating? Uh, I'm not throwing away all of your joy in Christmas parties or whatsoever, but I just want to give you a more genuine, even more genuine joy that on top of all of these, we have something to be joyful about. And that is that gift that we have received from God by the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that is what we are unwrapping. We have been unwrapping for the past weeks. Alright? We were actually unwrapping this great gift that we have received, which is, who is Jesus? On week one, we talked about Jesus as the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. All things were made by Him. Alright? And without Him was not anything made that was made. So everything was made by Him. And not only that, and the life, um, and in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So He was not only the Creator, but in Him is life. It is wanting to create and wanting to bring life into it. Alright? On last week, Jesus is not only the creator, God, and giver of life, but Jesus has also become our Savior. As John the Baptist had proclaimed when he saw Jesus, what did he say? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes the sin of the world. So are you getting the, the, a, a, a good picture of this present that we're, we receive from God? Creator, life giver, and now a savior. And today, again, we will unwrap another attribute of this gift, and that is Jesus the King. All right, may I all please ask everyone to rise as we re read the Word of God and also in reverence to the Word. Our text is taken from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. All right. Okay. Are we there? Let's read. 
decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who, of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. In verse 48, Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let us bow down our heads and let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning, O oh God. We thank you for your word that you have given to us today, Lord. And I pray that as we unwrap this, O oh God, that, Lord, this message, O oh Father, will be imprinted, Lord God, will be impressed in our hearts, O oh Father, of who you are, O oh God. Jesus, we thank you for this time. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So just to give us a context of uh, the passage that we have read, this was actually the time when Jesus was calling people to follow him. Again, what was happening at this time? Jesus was actually calling people to follow him. The first ones, as we read the passage before this, were Andrew, again, Andrew, and the writer of the book itself, who was John. All right, Andrew, John. And after that, Andrew went to his brother, whose name was Simon. And later on, we also know as Peter. All right. Now, John the Baptist actually had an important role on this. Okay, so I know there's a lot of names, John the Baptist, okay? Jesus did. So who's older, Jesus or John the Baptist? John the Baptist, correct. All right. John the Baptist, he was actually um, prophesied to come and his mission was to prepare the hearts of the people before Jesus comes. Alright? That's why he had Andrew and John, this is John the Beloved, as his disciples. They were already being taught about this coming Messiah, they, they, they knew about this, about what's going to come. See, Andrew, Andrew, and who's the other one again? John the Beloved. Simon Peter, he's a brother of Andrew. He's not a, a disciple of John, but he's just a brother of Andrew. So maybe he is getting some info. Eh? Like, what you call in Tagalog, it's chismis. <laughs> no, it's chismis is uh, gossip. That's not real. But he was getting some news about 
what they were getting from John the Baptist. So he probably a little bit knew about what was coming. But even so, as we read through the book of John, as we read through up until the crucifixion of Jesus, we see how these disciples were still having wrong ideas about Jesus. All right? So followed by Andrew, John, and Peter, these are the three disciples that were, that were, um, uh, that who followed Jesus in the first place, were two other young men, which we have read in this passage, who are the other two in the passage that we read, Philip and Nathaniel. All right? I just want you to get familiar with the names, all right? Who are the two young men? Philip and Nathaniel. Good. Good. <laughs> Alright, so now let's get on to our text this morning. So going on with the text, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And mind you, who were following him at this time? Andrew, Peter, and John. Okay, they were following Jesus. And Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And I want you to, to, to notice the word decided. He actually planned to go to Galilee. It was not an accident. It was not him just passing by Galilee, but he was intentional going to Galilee. Why do I want you to notice this? Because I want you to notice. Hello? Is it me? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I think the song ruined everything. <laughs> Sorry, my love. I will just sing for you later. Hello? Yes. All right. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Oh, my, it get tighter. <laughs> okay. So, moving on. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee with Andrew, Peter, and John following him. All right? And then what happened next? He found Philip. Who found who first? Jesus found Philip and said to him, follow me. All right? Just to cut <laughs> the story short, Philip actually followed Jesus. Okay? But here's my question here. Why? <laughs> I mean, how will you follow someone like that without any explanation, right? Am I right? Do you have any idea why Philip followed Jesus? Any idea? Influencer? Instagram? <laughs> Actually, we, ha we have a, a, a better picture in the next verse. It says there, Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Ooh. All right. This verse here was not placed there by accident. There, there's a purpose. The author in here actually wanted us to see that Philip actually knew Andrew and Peter. So just imagine the scenario. Jesus walking up to Philip, all right? And then he said, follow me. If it's only Jesus who said that, maybe Philip will not, <laughs> will not do anything because like, 
kidnapper or holdupper. <laughs> Why you want me to follow you? But actually, because probably because when he saw Andrew, Peter was there, oh, follow me. Okay, <laughs> I'll come. All right? Okay, so I want you to save this response of Philip, okay? So he was easily, he easily went and followed Jesus. Am I right? Who here, who here easily followed Jesus? Wow, very easy. <laughs> okay, moving forward. Now, we will see the response even, I mean, e- uh, the, the response of Philip even more. In verse 45, what did Philip do? Philip found Nathaniel. Did it stop there, no? He said to him, Bro, 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 Nathaniel, we have found him of Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So here, we can solidify the fact that Philip was really, you know, he knows that Jesus is the Messiah. But actually, the way of him coming to Nathaniel was different, right? How was Jesus, how was Jesus' tactic? He just said, follow me. But Philip, maybe because he, I mean, this, act, this text actually gives us an understanding of who Nathaniel is. He won't just give in you asking him, come bro, let's go and take coffee. <laughs> no, he wants, he probably, um, he, he, he won't be able to give in to that. He need proof. So what did Philip do? He, he, he told him this long line of sense, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of of Joseph. Alright? There's one more thing that we can observe in here. We can observe that this, these boys were actually students of the word. Not just students. Not just mere students. But they were actually interested and waiting for all of these things to happen. All right. Going forward, unlike Philip, okay, unlike Philip, Nathaniel's response was different. What did he say to <laughs> to Philip's invitation? Nathaniel said to him, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" It was an insult. It was as if. Someone is saying, is there anything good out of Android? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't take sides. I don't take sides. As long as my phone is working, I'm good. <laughs> but I, th- I think there's a cold war here between iPhone users and Android. Yeah. So Nathaniel's response was different than Philip's. He was hard to get. He was actually skeptical and he was even insulting. There was this brand of like a little bit, you can say racism, all right? Bias. Can anything good come out of Panama? I'm from Muharak. But then 
we see here, my dear friends, two different people with two different responses. Am I right? But all the same invitation. What was the next line? Philip said to him, come and see. In all of these invitations, as we, as we look at them, even actually, you know, how was Andrew and John, the beloved, followed Jesus? They actually weren't called by Jesus. John the Baptist, their life group leader, okay, let's put it like that, their life group leader, John the Baptist said, Jesus, Jesus passed by, and you know what John the Baptist said? I did. Look at that. Behold the Lamb of God. And they followed Jesus. Life group leaders, can you raise your hands? Amen. Can we give a clap to all of our life group leaders? We, we don't clap for you. <laughs> we clap for your life that, was that is surrendered to Christ. That is bringing or pointing people to Jesus. That is what we do. And friends, let me tell you, this is what we will only do. To point people to Christ. Because there's no one that can change a person but Jesus Christ himself. Because you know, sometimes we trust ourselves, right? <laughs> we have a lot of paraphernalias, right? You bring him to this, you bring... I mean, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, But sometimes we do our stuff to change that person that actually ruins the plan of God in his life. All that we are called to do is point people, bring people to Christ. Amen? So when they, when they followed, when Andrew, and, uh, <laughs> when Andrew and John the Beloved followed Jesus, Jesus was walking now, and then they tapped him in the back. I mean, this is not accurate. I don't know if they tapped or what, but they <laughs> talked to Jesus. They said, Jesus, where are you living? And you know what was Jesus' response? He did not ask them, who are you? Do you believe me? No. What was his What did he respond? Come and see. Same invitation, right? Why am I telling you this, friends? This is the invitation of Christ for each and every one of us. To come and see. Actually, the first, the starting point of our journey with Christ is not actually believing, is not actually knowing everything. The starting point of our journey with Christ is us coming and seeing Him. Us following Him. As Jesus calls you, my dear friend, follow me. Don't be afraid. Is for you to come and see. Question here Did we come? Because if you don't, you won't see. <laughs> right? Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. So, this is very important this come and see. Why? We look at the next um, verses. When Philip invited Nathaniel to come and see, in verse 47, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming. So he actually came. 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, he didn't even say a word. Behold, an Israelite indeed, there is no deceit. Then Nathaniel, <laughs> out of his amazement, what did he say? What did he ask? How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. You know, in, 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 in the culture back then, people actually go and sit in a fig tree to study the Word of God. It was sort of a way of getting away from people, going in a solitary place to be with God. Little did he know that on those times that he was alone and was communing with God, Jesus was actually there. I don't know if you have your own time of quietness, but I want to tell you that God sees you. At night when you pray and you cry out, Jesus sees you. He can see you. This is not actually the first meeting of <laughs> the first meeting of Nathaniel and Jesus. Why? Because Jesus have actually met him. Seeing him sitting under that fig tree. So I don't know what you are carrying right now, but I want you to be certain today that you are not alone. And you have never been. This invitation of Jesus is so important because it actually pivoted the life of Nathaniel. And when Jesus said this to him, look at the response that he gave. From, from that response, huh, that question that he gave, can something good come out of Nazareth? To instantly changing this, Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. You know, sometimes in our life, for us who have, who have given our life to the Lord, do you remember that day when you have given your life to Christ? Do you remember the amount of tears that you have shed? It was, at this, it was this particular time. Some of us have heard news, uh, worship songs. Like my wife, you know, back in the Philippines, you know what really, she didn't care about church, she didn't care about this, that. You know what happened to her? She went to this church and they were singing the song at the cross. And out of a sudden, it touched her heart. There are many times in our life that God actually meets us. That it's like, you know, like you know, in preaching when you're sitting there. Sometimes you would think, how does this how does this guy actually know what I'm going through? <laughs> yeah, we're not gossipers here, huh? <laughs> Your secrets it's with you, between you and God. But there are those times that just like this Nathaniel, you know, no one even knows about that. I'm going to that fig tree. But Jesus knows it. It's the same thing. And when that happens, what happened? We suddenly turn into this. We just can't. We just can't hold it. We just can't hold it and we just want to worship Him. 
And this is the same response that Nathaniel just broke into. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. But again, <laughs> we will see that in this response, there's still some flaws a little bit, you know. <laughs> because actually at those times, they were oppressed. Imagine they were oppressed, okay, by the Romans. They were oppressed. They were actually waiting for a Messiah. That's correct. But they were waiting for a different Messiah. Someone that would actually deliver them from their oppression at that time. So when they saw Jesus, they saw him not as God, not as a, that will deliver them differently, but that Jesus will deliver them, like overthrow the Romans, whoever the president is. <laughs> That Jesus would actually come and go there to Herod and say, get out. This is actually what they were saying at this time. But the first part is correct. I mean, I mean it's still correct, but they have this different mindset. He proclaimed you are the son of God. That is Christ's deity, all right, that he is God. You are king of Israel. And then here we see Jesus answered him. What did Jesus answer him? Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? Jesus said, you will see greater things than this. My dear friends, it's really great when we have encountered Christ. Am I right? And even living today in Christ. That even though how chaotic our surrounding can be, we know that we have Jesus. And we always have that comfort. But friends, Jesus is say, saying here, don't be contented. Why? Because you will see greater things than these. You're amazed right now? <laughs> you ain't see yet. <laughs> you ain't seen enough yet. Because greater things are coming. Now this is where I want us to spend a little time. The last verse, and he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Sorry, let me say that again with conviction. You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I know this is a pretty complex paragraph, but let me just give you, a, shed a little light on this picture of heaven opening and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man was actually a similar dream that was given. Hello? To Jacob. Hello? <laughs> all right. And it was in Genesis, all right, chapter 28. And it says there he had a dream. Jacob had a dream. And he saw heaven open and a ladder, a staircase, sorry, a staircase. With angels ascending and descending. 
Actually, this staircase, this particular staircase pictures that way that would connect us to God. In that picture that Jacob had a dream, when Jacob had a dream, it was a staircase, right? That angels were ascending and descending, right? But what did he say here? You see heaven, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on whom? On the Son of Man. And mind you, just, just to give you a little bit of trivia, when he said truly, truly, right? You know, back then, truly, truly actually meant amen, amen. Okay? During that time in the synagogues, when they were preaching, when they were teaching, there were actually like uh, two um, other um, teachers on the side. And when, when uh, the teacher would actually um, teach something co accurately, they would reply, Amen, Amen. But they actually, or truly, truly, they actually say that at the end, when the teaching has been done. Right? But here, Jesus did not even actually gave us that, you know, that part to agree if it's true or not. He said in the beginning, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And now, um, just to give a better uh, a shed of light on the term Son of Man, this is actually the... Um, most used title that Jesus actually used in the New Testament. And this is the first time, by the way, in this account that we heard the word Son of Man from the mouth of Jesus. And this is what I want us to focus today. That title, Son of Man. Alright? What, what does that mean? It we will actually have to go back to the prophecy of Daniel, all right, in J Daniel chapter 7, 13 to 14. Bear with me. I want you to see this. It says there in, in verse 13, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, all right? There's two titles actually that's uh, a bit similar, son of man and son of God. Son of God actually pertains to his deity, while the Son of Man pertains to his humanity. So here, I mean, he, even, even Nathaniel, when, when he met Jesus and he wanted to praise him, what was the, the, the title that he gave? You are the Son of God. People actually, if you read the gospel, would refer Jesus to the Son of God. But why does he want always to use the Son of Man? Because he wanted us to know his humanity. The Son of Man, truly human, truly God, truly human. Just like what we have heard last week, he was sacrificed for our sin. He bled, he sweat, he was mocked. You wouldn't even imagine while he was carrying that cross. 
That's why he used this, son of man. And in here, in Daniel, but we, we, we see a glimpse in Daniel that he's not just a son of man, that the son of man is lifted up. What does it say there? Uh, let's again, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. Who was that? Jesus, right? And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And listen to this. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. He used this title as prophesied, son of man, but not just any kind of son of man. He was lifted. He was given a dominion. He has dominion, a kingdom. And what type of kingdom? A kingdom that will never end. Not only that, but a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Friends, I want us to unwrap this today. Alright? Put your hands up. Okay? Like this. Open. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, my dear friends is king. And friends, not just any king, but the king of kings. I just want to review, huh? First week, Jesus was the word who gave meaning to everything. Who here is finding meaning in their life? You will never find a meaning in your life unless you actually encounter Christ. And not only a life and the meaning. Last week, Pastor Mitchell preached that he is the Lamb of God, sacrificed for our sins so that we might be with him. And today, friends, Jesus is the prophesied king, not just king of Israel. And this is what he was saying to Nathaniel, the son of man. It's like, Nathaniel, you know, you have studied this, you know this. You know the prophecy in Daniel, that son of man. That he is king. Revelation chapter 17 verse 14 in the end times. It says there, he is Lord of lords and king of kings. In Philippians chapter 2 verses 10 to 11, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the God, the Father. So friends, whether you like it or not, at the end of the day, we will all bow down and confess that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. So I think we have settled the foundations. This is just an introduction. <laughs> I'm just joking. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank God for this great truth that we have today. I don't know if you have met the king. No, not yet. But if you meet him, maybe you will be awestruck, right? Like mic drop, jaw drop. <laughs> what more to the king of kings?
the one who rules and who has a kingdom that will never end. In Isaiah, it says there, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. And we know that the word of God is Jesus. You see the connection? Beginning and the end. So friends, this is the gift that we have today. We have a king. So I don't know if you're intimidated with your boss, all right? Or you're intimidated with someone. But I want to let you know that you shouldn't be. But don't fight them. Okay, I'm not encouraging you to fight them. But we have a king that every one of us will submit. And that is no other than Jesus Christ. Who here is lifted? Come on. Can we just give a clap offering to, to, to the Lord? We praise you, Jesus. We praise you. And friends, okay, so now that we know this, I want, you to let, I want to let you know three things, okay? You know, our journey as a follower of Christ actually can be summed up into three things, all right? One is moving forward, okay, going in the journey, moving forward. Second is keeping forward. This is a bit the, the, the hard part because you have to keep going, right? And last but not the least is you pass it forward, now, now that we have Jesus as king, or rather we can say, Lord, as per moving forward, all right, let's just um, dissect this. As per moving forward, my dear friends, you don't have to worry. Why? Because as we move forward, as we move forward, we will bear fruit. It says in John chapter 15, verses 4 to 5, Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. You don't have to worry. As you go in this journey with God, God will equip you. You don't have to be afraid. What was the invitation? Come and see. That's what all that Jesus is requiring us. Come and see. And as we move forward, we have been reminded in this verse that we will bear fruit. Second phase, as per keeping it forward, this is the hard part, just like what Atinika have um, experienced this past few weeks has been tough. Some of us are having, I mean, tough times. How can we keep it together? How can we keep moving forward? It says in Philippians, and this is by the words of Paul, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You, you don't have an idea of what Paul has gone through. To bring the gospel to the Gentiles, he was shipwrecked. He was, he had a lot of troubles in his life. But at the end, he still say, I can do all things because it is Christ who strengthens me. It is as if him saying, no matter what happens, I can do it. But not my power, not my will, but by the power of God. Friends, you can keep it together. 
you can keep moving forward. Whether you are in storms today, because God will be your strength. And all you need to do is come to Him. Lord, I need strength. When have you really come and knelt down and just asked God, Lord, I need strength to keep moving forward. We as well have gone through hard times this past few weeks. And I think most of you know about that. About my dad, about my brother. It has been really hard and tough. But I know that even in this storm, I know that He is God. And there's nothing that can take that away. So again, I don't know what you're going through. Most of you guys in here, it's my first time meeting you. I just landed from you. <laughs> but I don't know what you're going through. But I want you to know that God, Jesus, He is King. And no one can ever take that away. Amen. Lastly, we don't only move forward. We don't only keep it together forward. But we are called to pass it forward. And friends, because Jesus is King. Because Jesus is King. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 19, He said, Jesus came to them and said, Friends, this was after the resurrection. Friends, he went to the disciples. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Friends, you can go out and share this message of hope. Because Jesus is king. You don't need to worry about anything. You can proclaim His good news because Jesus is King. Amen. Can we all stand up? We will sing a song of worship and I just want us to take this time, you know, to just commune with God as our Creator as our Savior, as our King. And I want to ask you this question. Is your life under the kingship of Jesus? Actually, this is not a question that I'm giving to you to evaluate yourself, but this is an appeal. That as we know today that Jesus is King, that come on, let us submit our life to the kingship of Jesus. I just remember in one to one who did who did here one to one. I just remember that line and I can never forget that. You know, Jesus, He's an all or nothing. It is an all or nothing proposal. Jesus is not only your Savior. But He is also Lord. Again, Jesus is Savior. Lord and Savior. You don't get to pick one. I only want saving, no? It's an all or nothing proposal. If you want Jesus, you've got to submit to Him. You've got to submit to Him. I don't know what's stopping you today, but I want you to let it go. 
I want you to submit it to God. That Lord, this life is yours. Come and have it in full. When was the last time that you have prayed for the will of God in your life? Lord, what is your will in my life? Who is the Lord in your life today? Lastly, I want us to remember this invitation as Christ. Can you imagine the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, inviting us to come and see?